This is Digital Anarchist. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, our next segment here on TechStrong TV features Matthew Newfield. Matthew is the CISO, or CISO as some pronounce it. I've always said CISO. CISO, CISO, tomato, tomato. Anyway, Matthew is the CISO at uh, Unisys. Matthew, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Alan, for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. So, so Matthew, are you from the CISO or CISO school of thought? Uh, I'm the CISO school, but I, you All are right. correct. I hear both. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. When I, I was in security for about 20 years, and uh, the last one I co-founded was called Still Secure. I left there, and I started something called the CISO group which was kind of like CISO in a box, if you will. And I got so used to hearing people go back and forth that I found me myself, I, I go both ways on it, right? Sometimes I say CISO, sometimes I say CISO. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. Anyway, um, you know what? Before we jump in, I know, I know Unisys recently came out with some interesting news and, and, and uh, analysis, but I always want to share with our audience, right? We have about half of our audience of cyber folks, half or more on the dev, cloud native side, um, or DevOps. But people want to know, how does one become a CISO, right? What, what, what's kind of your, what was your career path, Matthew, to, to you know, becoming CISO at Unisys here? Alan, I love that question. So I always tell people that what you did early on in life really doesn't matter for this role. I actually have a psychology degree and I started my career in restaurants. Uh, I used to be a general manager for a restaurant. Um, but when I decided to get into technology and had the dream of becoming a, a chief information security officer, um, I focused on working my way through every area of a CISO's responsibility from being a red team, from being purple team to administration design. Um, I worked help desk for quite a while so that I had a better understanding of all the components. And then I started working my way back up through management until I, I was given the opportunity to be a chief information security officer for, for Unison. Absolutely. Abs beautiful. I think one of the other things, Matt, that people need to understand that first of all for a long time from organization to organization to organization the role of a CISO was different right in some organization it was a very much a technical hands-on uh, position where you were really rolling up your sleeves and working you know on security tools with the security team and other organizations the CISO really served as sort of a a nexus translation point to to take the, the 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 security bits and bytes talk and translate it into business talk right whether that was to the cio or to the executive team or the board level or the cfo and risk managements and those folks right the, you were the the universal trans not you personally but the CISO role was the universal translator if you will uh of, of, of security and business. And, you know, we, we've seen all of these roles now finally solidify a little bit, I think, anyway. And, and people understand, they don't look at like you have two heads when you tell them that you're the chief information security officer anymore. Yeah, 
the role really has changed over the past few years. Uh, you know, I don't look at this role as the office of no, which is what this office used to be, right? I mean, yes. We are the enabler of business. So one of the things I stress very heavily in our organization and with my team is our job is to find risks. That's what we do. We look, discover, find, and expose risks to the appropriate business owners within the organization. And then we help provide guidance. That's the job. We're really the enablers of business securely. And yes, we can. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, we can securely. Yes. Or at least with a reduced risk profile. Or finally, the the other area that I focus a lot on is at least if you're going to make the decision and there's a security risk, go in with eyes open. Um, None of this, I told you so, or why didn't you tell me? It's just that open, honest conversation about what's really going on in the world. Uh, Absolutely. All right. We've gotten that out of the way. That may be a reason. We may come back to that. We'll have you on another time, Matthew, because there's so much that you want to talk about with that kind of stuff that makes a lot of people are interested in. But we, we, you were kind enough to come on today regarding some recent findings by UNICEF, and, and let's, let's share that with our audience. Sure. We just completed the uh, 2020 UNICEF Security Index, uh, which is actually the longest running reoccurring snapshot of consumer security concerns that's conducted globally. Uh, We've been doing this since 2007. And what makes this year very interesting for us is the fact that we actually started this survey in the March-April timeframe when we started making the- Right in the middle. In the middle of the pandemic, right as things were- really um, hitting the news and all of the information about what COVID really was and how it was impacting the world was spreading. And you were starting to see a lot of the shutdowns that a lot of people are still experiencing. And we ran this in 15 different countries, both emerging countries as well as emerged countries. And we do that based on um, a bunch of factors. And the report is available on unisys.com. But one of the interesting things that we saw, first time since 2010, the concerns of the general populace around internet security has been at its lowest level um, and a level we're not used to seeing because we expect with all the news about um, identity theft and ransomware and attacks for the concern on the general um, consumer around the world to be pretty high but it's actually very, very low. It is. Um, you know, we, I, I, I think I told you before we went on today, I, I just had just recorded episode 58 of, of Text Drunk TV, which we started when, when COVID started. And, and I got to tell you, as I mentioned, I've been in security about 20 years, 22 years, something like that. Uh, as a human being, right, just as a human, one of the things that most disgusts me about this whole COVID situation is that the hackers, the bad guys, they never miss an opportunity to take advantage of a good crisis. And even with all the human suffering and death and, and what we see going on here with people losing livelihoods and homes and just every... You know, a year for like biblical plague kind of year, right? Yeah. 
these people are out there and we're seeing a pandemic we're literally seeing a pandemic not only of the of the biological virus but of but of cyber attacks whether it be ransomware phishing i mean just one thing you know it it's it's disgusting as a human to say that these are fellow humans who are doing it Absolutely. And countries that are doing it. And countries. Yeah. And let's be honest, when people's minds are not focused on this and and for all the right reasons, let's be honest, what's going on in the world with the pandemic, what's going on in the world, what you see in the news, these are very important things for people to have to deal with. And and you hit a really valid point. If if I've got to decide whether or not I'm going to worry about Internet security or livelihood, the health of my family, the health of my friends, you know, can I go out and get groceries? Am I going to find a way to pay my mortgage or my rent? Of course, it's going to fall to the bottom of the list. And we would expect that. But unfortunately, to your point, and I think this is something people really need to understand. That's the time that the adversaries really do come out because for them, for a lot of them, this is business. And they will have a better opportunity to make more money when people's guards are down. I was, I was talking to someone earlier in the day and they said, well, give an example of you know, susceptibility here. Well, everybody's desperate for news. Everybody wants to know what's going on with COVID. Am I going to be able to go to a store or a restaurant? Are they gonna open back up? So when emails start coming into your inbox, and you're not paying attention if the tagline or that headline is good enough people are just blindly clicking they're not saying did that come from a news source did i sign up for this um and they randomly click and the same is if you've been out of work and you get an email that says you know we have a job for you you could be in an emotional state or a mental state not thinking clearly, and they hope that you will click those links. They hope you will download those attachments or provide credentials to them um, through adversarial means. You know, I got to tell you, when I'm done with this interview, we have our Friday afternoon. We're recording this on Friday afternoon. We have our Friday afternoon team meeting, and one of the things on our my list that I have to go over with my team is started receiving this week emails addressed addressed to people in our team and you know on our team using our email format but not realizing that people use they don't often they don't use their full name if you will as email and so they're using full names of my of our people's emails and the emails purport to come from other folks on our team Right, and they're signed by these uh, by other folks on our team, and it's only when you click or hover over, you know, the from email address in your email program that you see they're really some some random Gmail account, and you know they're spear phishing us, and and so I, I need to, you know, we're going to run through a quick little phishing anti phishing exercise in our in our team today. And, and the emails are just, just what you described, Matt. They're, they're innocuous from, you know, hey, Joe, it's Jim. You know me, Jim, who works with you every day. Hey, I need your help here. I just, I didn't get a chance to send this out. Could you click on that? Sign, you know, Jim Jones. And 
And, and you know, Joe's going to look at it and say, oh, Jim needs me to do him a solid. Boom. Without even thinking, right? And, and done, right? Now you're done. Um, it's, it's, again, it, it's a scary thing. Let me ask you a question. Let's bring it back, though, to the, to the report. Sure. When you do the 2021 report, let's assume you're going to do one, right? Do you think do you think a lot of no pun intended but a, a lot of what we see this year is it going to be an anomaly or or is it is that the new normal I think we're we're at the new normal for quite a while I mean let's let's equate it to work from home you know I get questioned a lot is is the work from home stats that we're seeing today is that an anomaly or is that going to be a norm and and nobody can predict 10 years out, even five years out when it comes to these kinds of things. But for the next few years, I think what we're seeing is going to be a norm. For people who, for example, who have been unemployed for a period of time, just because you start work again, doesn't mean you're made whole quickly. It takes quite a while for people to feel like they've been made whole. And I do believe for quite a while, we're going to see cybersecurity and cybersecurity concerns and incidents really low on the reporting schedule. And the other thing that causes me concern for next year and even the remainder of this year, a lot of the breaches that are occurring today will not make it to the news. Now, it's going to be a while before any of that information comes out to the public eye because there are too many other things to report on than to talk about what you and I are actually talking about, which is why this is so exciting to be able to have these conversations because, you know, I don't want to downplay anything that's going on in the world or people's lives, but the point of all of this and the point of the conversations around the index is through all of it, please don't take your eye off the ball. Please just remember to do those basic things like you just said. Uh, Hover over the link. Take an extra 10 seconds and just look. If, If it's too good to be true it's probably too good to be true, right? If, yeah. if you're getting emails with information, you never signed up to get that information. There's something wrong here. And another point I think a lot of people, and when you're having your discussion that I, I think people need to get over is, and I hear this all the time, who am I? Nobody's attacking me. They don't, I don't have anything they want. And I think consumers and the general population need to understand that you're correct. Who am I? I'm not always just being attacked on a personal level. A lot of these attacks are very random, right? They're attacking IP addresses. They're buying very large lists of email address uh, from the dark web and utilizing those. Very rarely are people attacking you specifically like a group is going i'm going to do something to alan today or to me today they're looking at the larger scope because that's where they're going to get their return on investment that's where their their money is best spent is you hit it as many people as possible and if you get that mindset to realize that oh wait a minute This isn't personal. It's not targeted. It's just because I happen to be using whatever email system or I happen to work for a company that, you know, they were attacking that domain. That's where you're going to have your problems. Yep. Matthew, we're almost out of time. I want to end things on a positive note if we can. So I'm going to share I'm going to share something, you know, 
from our own analysis and analytics here. So we run DevOps.com, Container Journal, Security Boulevard. Um, just looking at traffic logs, since COVID, Security Boulevard is up 79%. And that's stripping out the bots, the bull crap. I'm talking real, real people, you know, real, real numbers. 79% oh, since COVID. Almost 80% uh, increase in traffic. Now, granted, our site doesn't aim at consumers much. It's probably more aimed at security pros. But, but the fact that people are concerned enough and they are trying to stay up to date on, on what, you know, things like the, 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 the index from Unisys and other surveys that we've seen come out recently right people are i think people do care i think as you mentioned in in the in the stack of human suffering and human you know uh humanity in general that we see right now yes cybersecurity is low down the list but within the it sphere i think cybersecurity is right there right people are understanding Man, this is real important. We gotta stay with all the remote work and working from home and all that. We have gotta stay on our game with this, and 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 we're trying, right? And we're trying. And I, I agree with that. One of the things that you know, let's end on that high note. People like myself, we often get accused of being inflammatory, or you know, the sky is falling, and and a lot of us call that fud. You know, we instilling fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and that's not our point. Our point is just to keep open, keep your eyes open, keep thinking. But to your point, start using some of these other resources. There are a lot of resources out there. We have some of them in our index. If people want to go take a look at that index and read through who to call, how to call, you know, those kinds of guidance, that's what the whole mission of this is, is to help make sure that as people are navigating through 2020 for this year, 2021 and beyond, that they have a roadmap, they have an understanding of what they should be looking at when it comes to cybersecurity, and to do our best to make that roadmap easy so, again, they can focus on those more important things, health, family, uh, and the ability to, to generate revenue for them. Absolutely. Matt, thank you for joining us. Come back and visit us again. We love hearing CISO perspectives anyway. So, um, and thanks for doing your work with the Unisys index. It, it's a, you know, just again, especially as you go year to year to year, these kinds of things are, are so invaluable. So have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Alan. It was my honor to be here. All righty. Matt Newfield, uh, CISO at Unisys on the Unisys Index. Check it out. This is Alan Schimmel for TechStrong TV. We're going to be right back with our next guest.